This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. E-Road provides fleets with advanced capabilities for remote reefer control, real-time compartment mismatch detection, product-specific temperature alerts, and a host of compliance management applications. It's time to revisit how your refrigerated goods are monitored. Welcome to Running on Ice, the coolest community in freight. I'm your host, Mary O'Connell, bringing you the latest tech updates, warehouse news, and everything happening in the cold chain world. Not only is there the coolest show in freight, but there's also Running on Ice, the newsletter that could not be colder. You can subscribe to that on freightwaves.com slash running on ice. Today, we are joined by Monty Leha, CEO, and Robert Futch, CTO of Delta Dev Team. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I am pretty excited about today, mostly because one, I didn't even know this was a problem that needed to be solved. And two, um, having known your solution, it's actually pretty exciting. So I'm excited to get into it. But before we get too far into that, let's get some background on you guys and kind of uh, why you started Delta Dev Team. Uh, Robert, why don't you go first? Sure thing. Uh, so we, we started this. Uh, uh, there's actually uh, three three co-founders here that are working on this. Uh, myself, uh, Monty, and Bill. Uh, and uh, Bill and I were working at another company in town when we heard about this problem of needing to transport uh, blood in the field, uh, where the uh, from the engineer's standpoint, all that Monty speak more on the on the medical side of it. Uh, but the the challenge is uh, being able to keep uh, a, a regulated temperature of blood far away from a hospital where that's easy to do uh, in uh, in your safe and uh, room temperature environment. Uh, so the the challenge is bringing that blood out to uh, patients in the field uh, that have had serious injuries from you know combat injuries or car crashes, things like that. Uh, and and so when uh, when Bill and I were looking into this, we we found there were uh, a whole bunch of uh, requests for proposals or, or small business innovation research grants uh, where the, the government was looking for somebody to solve this problem since nobody had really figured it out. Uh, and that's that's when we got introduced uh, to Mati. And, and Mati, you can tell us a little bit more about uh, your background on this. Yeah. So uh, I was an Army Special Forces medic for a long time. I deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, treat, I treated some serious casualties then. And we were trying to solve uh, bringing blood products on the battlefield uh, a while ago. And it was just too big of a challenge uh, to reliably count on refrigeration or freezer or something to freeze our packs. Uh, and we kind of just said, hey, it's not worth doing. Uh, it's too logistically a burden to do. And then I met these guys and they said, hey, what do you think about this? I was like, yeah, they already need it. Like, Where's it at? Let's get to the military right now. And they say, whoa, hold up. We haven't built it yet. So I said, all right, well, let's do this. We got, we got to do this. Uh, uh, you know, my whole thing was let's save some lives. And, uh, and then we just pushed from there. I absolutely love that. It's something again, that I didn't even think was a problem, but when you bring it up, you know, um, 
the the middle of a war zone doesn't exactly stop and go, excuse me, can we time out for a little bit just so we can transport some things to the front lines? Like, can we just put a pause? Um, turns out that's not exactly at all how any of that works. So, um, but all right. So why don't you guys break it down? Um, you kind of already said that it's, you know, blood transportation. Um, so why don't you guys break down kind of what you've created and its general solution that it's solving? Right. So, and you said blood transportation and, uh, we actually provide a blood storage device that gets transported. Yeah. I just, we heard that up because, you know, we get in these um, discussions with EMS and the military and they talk about wanting to transport and it's like, no, we have a blood storage device that you can transport. And then that opens a lot of things up for them once they realize that, uh, cause then the blood banks are willing to support them. Cause right now that's the challenge to get the blood banks to actually give them blood. And so when they come in with a, a solution that is a storage device, uh, the blood banks are more than happy to help them and work that forward. I cannot blame the blood links, the blood banks for that at all, because they don't want to just be like, yeah, sure, here's liquid gold that we're just going to put into this thing and you're totally legit and it's going to be fine. So the blood storage that is transportable. Correct. What are some of those um, common applications for your sol- for your solution? So is it just, you know, tossing on the back of an ambulance, putting it in a war zone, putting it maybe with, um, you know, Red Cross when they do hurricane or disaster relief or anything like that? Is it something like that? Or are there, you know, will you see it in a hospital? I think our technology can be seen in the hospital, uh, but it's very rugged and robust for a hospital. Um, With that being said, uh, right now we have them uh, across, uh, we have them in Ukraine and we have them now in Israel uh, and we've had them for support of other military operations. So that was our first, but we are really focused on the commercial side, especially here in the United States, because EMS is actually uh, pushing the boundaries and taking blood product to accident scenes, shooting. You know, I will say the sad part of this is like 20% of trauma in the U.S. is from stabbings or gunshot wounds. So uh, we, we would, you know, we would let me in the business of providing blood at those injuries, but now that we're there, we're providing a solution for EMS to save lives more more often than they had before. I absolutely like that because um, you know it's not it's not necessarily a good business to be in, but since you're the fixers of the problem, you it's it's overall a comprehensive um, solution. So I guess if I am an EMS provider and I'm sitting there and I you know go for my for my shift, I guess, like when I go pick up blood to go start my shift, um, what does that typically look like for me? Like, what is, how do I know what to get? Does the blood bank just kind of give it to me? And then um, does it just like fit into a spot on the ambulance to kind of just like stick it into like a little cubby? Uh, not a cubby, but uh, right now, uh, and I'll throw a plug out for Austin EMS, who is really pushing this hard. Um, they have a number of APRUs that are on their supervisor's vehicles, their chief's vehicles in different regions. And when a call goes out, they will immediately respond to that location and bring the APRU out and then set it down. And then that paramedic who's trying to do this treatment uh, that realizes they need some blood product in order to even make it to the hospital 
they'll grab that, start transfusing it uh, there on the spot, and then move it towards, move the patient towards the hospital. Uh, and then how they do it is in Austin, they switch out the blood. They go to blood bank once a week, normally like on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and then they switch that out for fresh blood and then turn in the the older blood so it can be rotated back in and used. So there's no blood wasted in Austin. They get it right back to the blood bank. Is an example of how Austin's doing that. I I really like that approach. That's kind of a uh, it's yeah it's just it's a, it's honest to God just a fantastic solution that you guys have and I think it's really cool. Um, have they has the anyone in Austin or anyone of your partners that you've worked with throughout the world um, have they kind of been able to say like oh we've been able to impact this many more things or um, kind of that through this solution they've been able to you know, whether it's save lives or just improve quality of life or improve quality of care till they can get them to a hospital. Has that, have you guys got any feedback on that? Yes. So uh, Austin, since they've implemented our APRU in in November of 20, so it's been a year, they've uh, transfused over 200 units of blood in their service. Uh, And they've transfused it to pediatric patients and other people that have been seriously injured. I would say the special thing about Austin, now there's other services doing it too that uh, use our APRU, uh, but I get a lot of feedback from Austin and they are giving it to medical patients now as well. So a lot of scope for EMS is trauma related, but Austin has taken the next step and said uh, postpartum, uh, they do it for postpartum treatment in the field and um, septic and some other uh, medical things that they're facing out there and they've added to their their policy. So they go beyond trauma and they're providing it to medical patients. So, so that's one of our KPIs, right, is is how many lives have we saved? Uh, literally for, you know, for those traumatic events and for the, the medical events. So it's uh, it was really exciting for us to hear that uh, Austin has, has already been able to save hundreds of lives uh, from stabbings, gunshot wounds, postpartum, all, all those type of situations uh, because they've had uh, this blood in the ambulance ready to go as soon as they come upon the patient in the field. So we've got a lot more people surviving that trip going back to the hospital now uh, instead of bleeding out on the way there. Which, as someone who would be calling the ambulance to show up for bleeding out, big fan. Well, big <laughs> fan of surviving farther. <laughs> yeah, right. Call me old-fashioned. I am kind of a fan of not bleeding to death. I think we're all a fan of that. Now we've been learning about the uh, the other applications for it, right? Now that we've seen uh, this this success with people, uh, you know, they're saving lives with transporting blood. Now, uh, you know, we're we're hearing from other people that want to transport uh, frozen plasma in it. They want to transport uh, bone marrow, stem cells, organs. Uh, I I'm still surprised sometimes when I when I look at uh, some of the technology that people were using to transport hearts and kidneys even just a few years ago uh they're going to the local walmart walmart they're getting a uh you know a, a beer cooler and transporting your heart in that of course they do a bunch of validation and, and make sure that it's going to be safe the whole way uh, but that's not a medical device right and and so really what we're doing here is raising the standard of care uh and and making it uh making it feasible uh to uh to carry blood uh and and uh making uh, a much more rugged device to transport your heart in uh, than a beer cooler. 
I I've seen that I've seen the medical TV shows where it's like the the lunch basically it's like a big lunch pail that you just kind of like press the thing and like there's ice and you obviously it's like protected somehow with packet I don't know I assume you package an organ but like not in shrink wrap because it's not a thing so you know clearly I'm a medical supply chain expert. Well, that's no, that's that's a that's a good point because that's that's not movie magic. They really were uh, just transporting uh, organs and, and things like that around in in the beer coolers, and and so now we've got a much smarter solution, an uh, FDA listed solution, you know, an actual medical device uh, that that meets the FDA regulation for transporting these organs. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it? <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You probably don't have to stop for ice at the at the gas station on the corner to retop off. That's right. <laughs> I really wish that that was a joke, but I guarantee that's probably happened sometime. It's happening. So wait, does that mean since you have like more of a rugged device, does that mean if someone had Butterfingers and like dropped it, everything, like all the blood or organ or whatever they were transporting would like stay locked in the device? That's that's an important part of it here. We we do uh, uh, all of that testing and, and not just not just calling it rugged, but testing it to these IE sta- I, IEC standards uh, for... Uh, making sure that it can survive, you know, a drop out of the back of the vehicle. Uh, Bonte can attest to the times our customers have dropped it out of the vehicle, or uh, you know, out, out of the uh, while they're getting out of the airplane or the helicopter, and it and it's uh, and it still uh, survives all those situations. Your your beer cooler, you know, isn't uh, necessarily designed to do that, uh, and and so that's that was one thing we wanted to uh, I wanted to make sure of here. I'm I'm reminded of uh, that famous video maybe like a year or two ago. Uh, of uh, uh, there was a doctor who was uh, getting a heart uh, for a transplant, and he jumps out of this helicopter, and he trips on the way. Uh, this really happened. There's it was like on the news. He trips on the way out of the helicopter, drops the styrofoam box, the beer cooler. The heart rolls on the ground, and now they got to go get a new heart uh, for that patient, right? Uh, so you really want to make sure you're using something that's uh, that's designed. Uh, to keep your organs safe when you're when you're transporting them, uh, not designed to keep uh, beer cans safe. Absolutely. Although um, I am curious as to your official testing, because what I'm picturing is that you guys just pick up a container that's like in product, like in kind of research, and just throw it off the top of a building and say like, let's see what happens. Um, so that's how I imagine you guys test things. I'm sure it's much more official than that, but I'm just imagining you like kicking it off the back of a trailer, kicking it off a roof, throwing it off of things just to see what happens because it's it's science if you write it down. It's true. It's true. And there, there's two parts of it too, right? Like we do our we do our lab testing here uh, in our, our Tucson facility. We do all the development and manufacturing. Uh, so it's great to have that quick feedback of, uh, uh, of having those two in the same building here. Uh, but then we go get it tested at third parties, uh, and then the third party scientifically kicks it off the the roof of the building, <laughs> and then, uh, but then, and then the last part of that, uh, uh, Monty has been taking it out uh, to uh, uh, to get it tested in the real world too, 
uh, and and Mati, you, you can you can tell us about the the airdrops that we've been through now. Yeah, so we've uh, had the APRU drop from twelve thousand feet and twenty five thousand feet with parachute with parachute. Okay, I thought you just like kicked it off the back of a plane. I was like, this this thing is indestructible. No, no, it will definitely explode on impact without a parachute. Uh, but no, it it does have a parachute. Um, they have it on uh, boats. Uh, the Navy has them on boats where they go up and down in really choppy waters. Uh, they've been in helicopters where they, you know, land hard and tie it down weird. Um, and they've survived that. I would say, you know, our most extensive testing has been from the military. And the military has tested it to its extremes. If we said it worked at 120 Fahrenheit, they tested. Sure. So anything we said it could do, they they pushed it to that point. And they're like, yeah, you guys are right. It did work. <laughs> the very scientific. As If anyone's going to put it through its paces, it's going to be the military. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good point about the, the different limits that we're testing, right? Is uh, we're, you know, we're making it rugged from drops, but also uh, temperature. You know, a lot of the, uh, uh, the coolers that they were out there before, uh, you know, they were not necessarily designed for transporting blood in the field. Uh, they they have some amount of time where uh, you know you can store the blood for maybe eight hours in a nice cool room temperature environment. Well, once you get just slightly above that temperature, when you're outside the hospital in the middle of the summer, uh, then how does that device perform? Uh, so you know we're we're testing the extremes of temperature, hot and cold, so it uh, it keeps the blood at a safe temperature in the Arctic, in you know in the desert here in Tucson in the middle of summer. Uh, that was an easy test to do. We just take it outside. Uh, but uh, but testing all of those extremes. And I'll add to the, uh, the the special thing about this is when you talk about a cooler, if you take it into cold weather, the blood's going to freeze. But we have a heating element actually in our refrigerator that prevents freezing. So we have a number of APRUs actually in the Arctic Circle carrying blood for the cold temperature, not for the uh, hot temperature. Yeah, the uh, the keeping it at a constant temperature which sometimes means it has to be heated or cooled because if you're in the middle of the desert, you want it a little colder. If you're in the middle of the Arctic, well, you don't really want a blood cool. I don't know if that exists, but I feel like that's just not, I don't feel like that's something that is like a medical term. And so I don't feel like you want that in your body. No, you don't want, you don't want iced up blood for sure. It's not going to circulate very well. So when there's new regulations that come out, whether it's like, you know, like safety transportation or, I assume there's like a new regulation for like blood packaging and contamination throughout a like a, a chain of custody. How do you guys kind of deal with that? Is it just kind of like a add some new tech on the back end or do you kind of have to rebuild the solution every time? Yeah, that, that's one thing that we, we wanted to make sure that we were flexible uh, b- because we, we got this company started uh, using one of those small business uh, research grants with the Air Force. Uh, and we don't have an infinite amount of cash to just keep redesigning the product over and over, right? So we we put that effort in ahead of time uh, to to make sure that our our design was really flexible. Uh, we we've got our uh, our own custom electronics, uh, our own custom refrigeration system that they're all designed to uh, evolve as the regulation evolves, which is really important right now, uh, since this is a brand new concept for people to carry blood on ambulances. Uh, we we were just reading the. Uh, the American Association of Blood Bank magazine the other day, uh, and this this is on the front page. Uh, 
blood transfusions coming to an ambulance near you. Uh, so that's it's just now that uh, that this is starting to become popular, uh, and and new uh, new regulations, new policies are forming around it all the time. Uh, so so we have to be able to keep up with that. Uh, so you know so we're we're still doing all of our own uh, software development in house. Uh, when the new refrigerant regulations come up, uh, we we don't have to change anything about the hardware. Uh, that's a quick software update for us to meet those new regulations. That's absolutely fantastic because. You know, as more and more people get access to this kind of care, it's only going to be like, a, oh, we need to design for, you know, North Dakota winter or, you know, um, a nice fall Minnesota day, which is probably not really much of a design. It's going to be a gorgeous outside. So, you know, your machine is not going to have to work that much. But for those really, really cold things, um, one of the things you guys brought up is the fact that it's on ships. I didn't even think about that because if you have someone that gets you know, severely injured on a ship, there's a finite amount of resources there because you're just like in the middle of the ocean. I didn't even think about that type of application. Uh, and and the um, other application that goes with it is, so we have the tilt mode in this uh, refrigerator, meaning you can put it on its side, upside down, it'll shut off the compressor so you don't ruin the refrigerator because, you know, if you put a refrigerator upside down, that's going to ruin it or you have to wait 24 to 48 hours for it to work. So we have this little tilt function. And one of the things the Navy guys, uh, the Naval Special Warfare, they were concerned that when they go into the swells that they would ruin the APRU because they would be going straight up and then back straight down. Uh, And I was like, nope, there's a little tilt function in there that keeps you from ruining it. Uh, And so that's how we ended up on the ships once they figured out it wouldn't get ruined going up and down. Kind of like the ship has stabilizers to keep people from being thrown around. You guys have little stabilizers inside of yours. Right. This is really, really cool. Um, so we are running out of time, which is very sad because I love hearing these stories. Um, but there is a question that everyone that comes on the show has to answer. And gentlemen, you are no exception. Are you ready for possibly the toughest question you'll be asked today? I'm, I'm ready. All right. We're going to start with you, Monty. Is cereal considered a soup? Uh, I don't think it's considered a soup, but it is liquid with stuff in it, so it could be a soup. Robert, what about your uh, what about your take on cereal as soup? Uh, I'm going to say no, just on the principle of the thing. Uh, it just seems weird. <laughs> I'm so happy. I am also a cereal is not a soup. A lot of people have tried to say oatmeal, gazpacho, you know, the whole thing, and like it's just not. It's cereal. It's its own entity. But I understand those that think that it is. I just understand that they might be wrong. <laughs> so if anyone wants to reach out to you guys um, about this out, outside of the show, where can they find you? Uh, they can find us at uh, www.deltadevteam.com and get all the information they need on starting blood programs, uh, products we have coming out. We, have, we didn't even talk about another product we have out with EMS as well. Um, so, oh yeah. So we have a smart blood cooler. Cool. Well, I mean, we have like, we have like two, three minutes. What you got for a smart blood cooler? Okay. So the smart blood cooler is a blood cooler, but it's very smart, meaning that it actually predicts when you need to change out the freezer pack. So it's like, hey, you have 20 hours to switch out the freezer pack. You now have six hours to switch out the freezer pack. And it displays the actual temperature in the device as well. And will eventually communicate with, uh, does with Bluetooth, with cell phone to let, supervisors or managers know exactly where it is, what temperature it is, and what's the status so that they, they'll know if the, uh, the products are going out of range or whatever. So 
we have that as well that we just launched like maybe three weeks ago. It, this is a it, this is a lot like uh, your uh, uh, a fuel gauge, but for your ice, right? You want to know how much uh, how much time you have left before uh, before you run out of ice and uh, and your beer starts getting warm. Uh, well, you want to you want to know the same thing for your blood, especially. Uh, and it's 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 got uh, the the same application for uh, you know if you're you're shipping cold stored products, uh, a lot of those are going to be uh, you know they've they've got hopefully a fixed amount of time where you're transporting across uh, across the ocean and you can kind of uh, guess how much ice you've got in there uh, and and how much time it's going to last. Uh, but if you you know if you run into any uh, any hiccups in your transport, as a lot of people experienced over the past couple of years. Uh, then you want to be able to know exactly how much time I have left before that ice melts and my product starts going out of temperature. Uh, so that was one of our brand new inventions on this one. And be alerted. Send you, hey, well, I'm going out of temperature range. You need to come fix me. Absolutely amazing. And I, I just completely love that. Because again, if you're out on a call and you know that like, hey, after this call, I need to go back and switch out my ice packs, which isn't a big deal because you just make a boy, make a point to go back to your base and, you know, dispatch takes you out for a little bit so you can get your re, you can re-up your supplies. But, or like, hey, I'm about to start my shift, but I know I have six hours left on this. Why don't I just switch out my ice packs now so we don't have to worry about it? Absolutely love it. That is fantastic. I, I was going to say you're critical because you're you're right that it's uh, liquid gold, and as soon as that goes out of temperature, they can't use it. So really important that they know ahead of time. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, I had a very fun. I I learned so much today. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting us. Appreciate. It. Thank you. You can catch other episodes of Running on Ice right here on YouTube or anywhere else you get your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Mean more Running on Ice news? No sweat. Subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com slash Running on Ice. See you on the internet.